Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Podcast. Well, this is the fourth and final podcast that's interacting with my brother-in-law, Paul, and what he had to share with us. And actually, today, the, the clip is relatively small, like the other one from last week. And so I just want to set this up, though, a little bit before we listen to him, where this was actually an hour-long conversation we had. And at different times, he talked about the fact that, you know, don't get me wrong, he says, you know, there are times when things are really hard. And he said, but most of all, he found that what was most challenging and was most difficult was what he felt like was really pressure from the enemy and being reminded that there really is an enemy who is trying to attack our hearts, our mind, our soul, and who really wants to use difficulty and suffering to cause us to lose our faith in God to doubt God, to begin discouraged in God, to think that God doesn't love us. And so, before we listen to him, though, I just want to remind us of a couple things. First of all, I think it was, it's not even in what Paul's going to say today. I think it even goes back perhaps to the very first podcast where Paul talked about the fact that when people see him in love with God, even though he's still in a wheelchair, he says he felt like it brought greater credibility to the message, where I believe his words were, if I had the story that God healed my legs and everything's better and everything's fine, that somebody might say, well, that's great, but that's why you really love God, is because of what he did for you. And Paul loves the fact that he's able to say, no, I really love God because of my personal relationship with him and how much he loves me and is with me. And I don't love him because. Well, it made me think of Job. Remember, there's this story where Satan comes to the presence of God and God says, consider my servant Job. There's none like him who loves me, honors me. He's, he's righteous in his ways. And this happens twice. And the first time the devil says, yeah, do you think he loves you for nothing? Do you think he serves you for nothing? Do you think he worships you for nothing? Take away all the blessing and he will curse you. So, you know, in chapter one, that's what happens. His family, his belongings, his everything outside of his wife, everything disappears. To which his wife actually says, you ought to curse God and die. And Job responds, wait, you know, naked I came, naked I go. Blessed be the name of the Lord that, you know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes. And, and so, the devil loses out, right? Because Job really does love God just for God, respects God just because God is God. So, and then the enemy comes back, says the same thing. He says, yeah, but let me inflict pain on in his body and then he'll curse you. You can be sure of that. Well, you know the story. He doesn't. I mean, he really wrestles with the Lord and he's in a very difficult place and finally just hears the Lord say, but I am God and my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And uh, he just finally worships the Lord, and then the Lord restores everything. Well, I think my brother-in-law, Paul, is thinking correctly about, yeah, for a lot of people, they might see all the good that's happening in our lives. You might be thinking that yourself, you know, that what if all that stuff were taken away? What if I was chronically suffering like Job was and others do right now? Or what if all the things that are blessings in my life disappeared? I went through this difficult season for a number of years after my last church experience where I wasn't sure where I was going, what I was doing. Uh, we ended up losing our house, living in a small apartment. I was doing jobs for nothing. And there were times I'm like, Lord, what is this all about? 
And I felt the challenge to be disappointed in God, to wrestle with God and go, Lord, how is this loving? How is this your care for me? Do you see me? Do you even know what I'm going through? The enemy loves that. The enemy is hoping, and especially when our suffering goes for a long time, he is hoping to undermine us and undermine our confidence in God, his love for us, his care for us, his goodness, his faithfulness. Well, one of the most important things that Paul discovered along the way in this is the importance of not doing this struggle alone. And the more I listen to him, the more I realize, you know, I have that tendency to do that, that I tend to try to do it on my own. And then what happens is that those thoughts overwhelm me and my emotions get so overwhelmed and discouraged. And I get in this teeny little space and I can just be crushed and overwhelmed by the devil instead of learning to immediately go to help, to go to brothers and sisters and, and ask them to help me, to encourage me. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul found out that the Thessalonian church was going through huge difficulties. And though they couldn't come to him, Paul sends Timothy. Listen to this. The Apostle Paul says, We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Folks, we need one another. We need those who can strengthen and encourage us in our faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials, for you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. See, Paul is very, very, very aware of how trials and difficulties and suffering can unsettle us and cause us to struggle in our faith. And he recognizes that it can't just pray. He needs to send somebody to be with them, to speak with them, to strengthen and encourage them. So he sends Timothy. Well, I want you to listen to Paul now describe a similar kind of story and the importance of having help and friends, brothers and sisters, when we're going through some of these difficulties. I think it's important to remember for me at least it was important to remember especially when those lies were trying to get in that we really do have an enemy and to be aware that he is out for us and he's out for blood he wants us to fail he wants us to give up he wants us to quit and i refuse to even right down to when the pride will want to creep up with me and it's no I, i there was one time coming back from work a few months ago i just had a really rough stretch of time at work and I came home and I, I got almost all the way home and I was like oh, I'm not ready to be home I'm not ready to be asked how your day was and it was it was a day that we had an elders meeting and and I had texted the guys and said look I'm not gonna make it and so our meetings go from 5 to 6 30 and here it was at about 6 40 and as quickly as I had the thought of I just want to drive around for a little bit the thought followed up of if you do that, you're going to be a hypocrite. Because how many times do I tell guys when you're struggling, when you're having a rough time, you need to reach out. You need to have other brothers come alongside you. And so if I just drive around, I'm just going to be a hypocrite. So I'm going to drive the church. 
And when I pulled into church, here it is, quarter of seven, 10 of seven, and all the guys are still there. And I go in and I just lose it, bawling and tell them what happened and everything. And, and so, uh, so they prayed over me and it was, it was really great. And then they told me that, yeah, the, the meeting really did end at 6.30 and nobody moved. And there came a point in which Frank even said, why are we still here? And still they didn't move. And then I came in and it was like, oh, that's why we were here. <laughs> to me, that was just God loving on oh, me and totally. that he kept all those guys there because I needed that. So we need to press into one another. We need the community around us. We need those things. And, and when we're attacked, don't let pride take hold and think that we can barrel through it. Because there's a reason why scripture says, when two or more are gathered, I'm with you. I mean, when you were talking about the court of three, three strands, strands right. last night, I, I also really see that as part of discipleship as well. Mm. In tying that with Matthew 18, 10, I think it is where it talks about um, when two or three are gathered, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. That when two brothers are together, that the Holy Spirit is there with them, making yeah, them stronger. Yeah, yeah. So with me just driving around by myself, I'm just setting myself up. And so we need to be tied in, and but we need to be intentional about reaching out when we, right. when we need it, when we're weak. My brother-in-law, Paul, confirms what the Apostle Paul said. Don't try to do this on your own. You need help. In Paul the Apostle's case, he sent Timothy because they couldn't all come to him. In my brother-in-law, Paul's case, he had to go to a number of the elders, his brothers, and his friends to get the encouragement that he needed, the strength that he needed, the support that he needed, the help that he needed to have his faith strengthened and encouraged. So even if you're going through something right now, I want to encourage you to do that. Do not try to do this alone. And if you don't have them, pray that the Lord will provide those key people who you can go to. Maybe it's a small group that you're involved in or some other close friends. But folks, I hope by listening to the Apostle Paul and my brother-in-law Paul, we recognize that it is so important for us to have help from others. And it's when we do that, right, that when two or three are gathered, he's there to help us and be with us. Well, I want to finish this out by also reminding us that, again, as Paul said, brother-in-law Paul said, the Lord is with us. He is with us by His Spirit. And not only is He with us, but the awareness that He is praying for us. You know, at one point, I did a word search for the word protect. And honestly, to my great surprise... The word protect only shows up a handful of times, maybe three or four times if I remember right. And it's never in a context where this guarantee that God would protect you that nothing would happen, or even the fact that he was praying that God would protect us that nothing bad would happen. Instead, the context for the word in two of the primary places is in Jesus' prayer and in a statement of Paul that the protection is from the evil one. Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, I pray that you would protect them from the evil one. He's praying for them and saying, I know you can't take them out, that they need to stay here, they're in the world, but I pray that you would protect them from the evil one. Well, in Romans chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 7, I think it's 725, I think it's 834, where we are told by Paul and the author of Hebrews that Jesus is always interceding for us. 
right now, the Lord Jesus is still praying that for you and for me, that in this world, we are going to have struggles. He promised that. Even what I said earlier, that Paul said, look, you know quite well that we are destined for trials. We are destined for persecution. We are, I mean, how many of us really believe that? I remember at one point, my brother-in-law, Paul, referred to Romans 8, where the Apostle Paul also said, for his sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered, right? Is that our perspective? Are, are you aware that, no, my life is to be used for his purpose? I face death all day long, and if I die, it's gain. It's not about me. So again, it's not that we're not going to experience difficulties. Man, how we have to get a hold of that, that things are going to sabotage our expectations. Things are going to be difficult, often. And the devil's goal is to undermine our faith in God, our confidence in the love of God, in the goodness of God. And so Jesus is constantly praying. Well, Paul in 2 Thessalonians 3.3 also reminds us, the Lord is faithful And he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Hear it again. But the Lord is faithful. And he's faithful to strengthen you and faithful to protect you from the evil one. Think about it even in the Lord's Prayer. You know, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, My father now, sadly, is struggling from Alzheimer's, and I would really like to ask him. Maybe i got to find somebody else who I can ask. But Because in the Aramaic, Jesus' primary language, in that prayer, it seems that the better understanding of that first part of that request is, keep us from succumbing to the test, the temptation, and deliver us from the evil one. That it's not that God leads us into temptation. I mean, temptation happens. It's the idea of, Lord, let us not succumb to it. Let us not give in to it. It's going to happen, but deliver us from the evil one. And again, we just heard Jesus say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. In fact, I love that it was while Jesus was still with them in the final meal in Luke's gospel, where he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Do you understand? Again, Jesus is praying that for you and for me. He knows that Satan is asked to sift you all, all of us. He wants to sift us as wheat. He wants to bring trial and difficulty and struggle into our lives. But Jesus says, I have prayed and I am still praying for you that your faith may not fail. Folks, we are not in this alone. Again, at the very first podcast, I I mentioned to you Hebrews 4, where Jesus said, come to me and you will receive grace. You will find mercy. Or as Paul just reminded us, I am faithful. The Lord is faithful and I will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. That we do not have to go through this by ourselves. We do not do this alone. Oh, though, remember when Paul said, what's the truth um, that my brother-in-law Paul said, you know, when he asked that question, Lord, what's the truth? What's really going on here? That's probably a big part of the way the Lord would answer us is to go, this is Satan trying to sift you as wheat, but I'm faithful and I'll strengthen you and I will protect you from the evil one. I am here, as we talked about before, that 
I am here that no matter what your circumstance, I will strengthen your mind. I will strengthen your emotion. I will strengthen your body. I will help you do this so that you can see the good in today, so that you can look for my good purposes and that you can cooperate with me and how I'm working this day in your life and in the lives of those around you. Like the Apostle Paul, again, some of the things that happen to us may be in order to set us up and to get us in some spot where, where God gets Paul in, a, in the jail because he knows there's a jailer and his family who are ready to respond to the gospel. And so he gets Paul there in this roundabout and actually painful way. Well, I hope this series has been helpful to you. It's been really good for me to have to listen to these things a number of times and ponder them. So let me finish again. Let the Lord speak to us through Paul's words, 2 Thessalonians 3.3. Beloved, I, your Lord, am faithful, and I will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. I am still praying that your faith may not fail. So trust me. Trust me, trust me, trust me that I will strengthen your perspective, strengthen your mind, your emotion, and your body. I am with you. You are not alone. Lord, we thank you. Thank you so much for these last four weeks. It's just been really good to ponder this stuff. Lord, be glorified. Continue to work and transform us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us every day to say to one another, let's see the good today. Help us, Lord, to see the good today. So I say that to you. See the good today, and may the Lord help you do that. God bless you. Love you.